welcome you to this service. Today I feel I have a very special word from God for each of you. And for the next few moments, I would like to speak to you on this subject. The day that changed tomorrow forever. Father, I just give you thanks today. <laughs> Your presence is so real in this room right now. Mm, I feel you here. But I know you're here, not just because I feel you, but I know you're here because I see the effect that you're having on the people that are in the room. I invite you, holy God, to do what you would want to do in this service today. Anoint the word, anoint these lips that try to speak it today. Let me be a vessel in your hands. Let me be an instrument in your hands. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would direct your attention to the screen, I want you to watch this for just a moment. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. God loves the world in this way. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> You redeemed me and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption if it can be lost in a day, is it? I didn't even come back on my own. They had to come get me. can't live up to it. Well, that's true. <laughs> but you don't have to. I just want your heart. The Father just wants your heart. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. Look up. <laughs> I can't. You can.
because he lives, you and I can live. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. two women that you saw in the video, Mary Magdalene and also this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, both have tragic stories. And we have all followed those stories. If you've lived for God any time and you spent any time in the Word, you have followed their stories of rejection, of sin, heartbreak. But have you walked that road? So many mistakes, so many failures, so many disappointments that you can't visualize anything but a lifetime of failure. Mary Magdalene, who came to the tomb shortly after Jesus' resurrection, had walked this road. When Jesus found her, her life was a wreck. She was so filled with heartbreak and sin that Jesus had to cast devils out of her before he could redeem her. But forgive and redeem her, he did. And, he became, and she became a follower of Jesus. Matthew, the tax collector, who became a disciple, remember him? Unsure of himself, full of greed, an outcast of society, no close friends. Matthew walked that road of sin, rejection and failure like so many do. But Jesus called his name and made Matthew the outcast, one of his own. Peter, the fisherman who became an apostle, was a disciple and then an apostle. We love to talk about Peter. He was God's spokesman at Pentecost, and he was special. But when Jesus found Peter, he was rough, he was vulgar, a man in a man's world trying to live up to other men's expectations. He meets Jesus and his life changes. He walks with the miracle worker. He is one of Jesus' close friends. For three and a half years, he walked a redeemed man walking and partnering in ministry with Jesus. But now, here they are in the twilight hours just prior to Jesus' arrest. The Passover meal has been served and Jesus looks at Peter and says, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Can you imagine what Peter felt at that moment? For three and a half years, he's basically been sheltered from the effects of any satanic involvement whatsoever. He has walked under the anointing and the authority of Jesus. And now Jesus is looking at him and says, Satan wants to sift you. Satan wants to sift you. But Jesus goes on and says, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and even to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt deny, thrice deny that thou knowest me. And now here he is. He followed closely behind those that had arrested Jesus just so that he could keep his eye on Jesus. He was still convinced he would never 
He would never deny the Lord. That's the furthest thing from his mind. He would never do that. But when questioned around the fire that night out of fear for his own life, Peter denied he knew Jesus. Now here he is a few hours later sitting at the campfire with men he does not know. And for the third time, Peter is accused of being a follower of Jesus. One of the men speaks up and says, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. Immediately, immediately, Peter's heart breaks within him, for he remembered the words of Jesus before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Have you been there? Were you once his? Do you remember how good it felt to be forgiven? To be free from sin and to be free from addictions? To know in your heart that you're saved? Do you remember that? In those days and in those special times with him, did you promise him you would never deny him or turn your back and walk away? But you did. You didn't think you would, but you did. You walked away. Now you're sitting here this morning and something's happening within you. You feel that familiar, gentle tug. You hear that still, small voice calling you to return to him. His greatest desire for you was to make you his all. Every person sitting in this auditorium today, that's the greatest desire Jesus ever had was to make you his all. That's why he went to Calvary to begin with. Maybe you're like Mary Magdalene or even Matthew. You have never known him. But if we are honest, we have always wanted someone to come and set us free. To set us free of the anger that burns in us. Someone that will heal the hurt, the disappointment that's inside. With tears in your eyes, you have wept into the night for someone to come and understand and to mend the heartbreak that hurts so deeply within you. So many promises were made to you by people you love, but no one kept their word. Now bitterness and disappointment consumes your life. You too have cried out. Is there someone that can deliver me? I just want just a little joy. Oh, he hasn't forgotten you, lady. Sir, he knows right where you are. He longs with every fiber of his being to free you from the horror of addiction that you struggle with every day. You may be sitting there questioning, can this really be for me? I tell you, it can. I've seen it happen too many times. You've come too late to tell me that God can't deliver you. I've seen him do it way too many times. You know what? It really, all it really requires, requires from you is a decision. It just requires a decision to I'm going to let it go and I'm going to give it to him and I'm going to ask him to forgive me and I'm going to ask him into my life. That's all it takes. It's all it requires. Listen to the words of Jesus as he ministered in the temple in Nazareth, in his hometown. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's quoting Isaiah, the prophecies of Isaiah. 
the prophecies that spoke of Jesus in Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears his whole purpose for coming was for you and for me I know that was 2,000 years ago the Calvary and the resurrection took place. But what happened then was not only for them then, but it's for us now. The whole purpose of Calvary was for your sins, for my sins. His blood washes away every stain you and I have ever caused with the sinful lives that we have lived. Your sin and my sin is cast as far as the east is from the west to never be remembered against us again. All we have to do is simply ask him to forgive us. His death on the cross was the price for your life and for mine. This past Friday, Christians all around the world celebrated Jesus' death on the cross. His death for the sins of mankind. You see... If he would have just died, then all that would have happened was we could have been forgiven, but we had only been forgiven once. Under the Mosaic law, the blood and the death of a perfect lamb was the price for sins of mankind. Yet year after year, a new perfect lamb was offered for the sins of the people for, for that year alone. But his blood, his blood, his death freed you and me from the guilt of our sin. But it doesn't stop there. Today we celebrate the day that changed tomorrow forever for every one of us in this place. Because he died, we can be forgiven. Because he lives, we can have life and we can have life more abundantly. It's because he lives that we can have life. Because he lives, you and I can go before him every day and ask forgiveness for our sins. And you may say, that's something you have to do every day? Well, there's one in scripture, the apostle Paul, and I consider him way holier than I am. And he says, I die daily. I die daily. In other words, what he's saying is I go before the Lord every day and ask him to forgive me because we have no control over the thoughts that enter our mind. We have no control over those things. Now, we control our actions and how we act on those thoughts, but I want everything between me and God clear every day. I don't want anything between he and myself. Because Jesus lived, died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, which is what we celebrate today. 
we can have life, not only just life, but we can have life that is more abundant. An abundant life free of addictions, depression, anger, heartbreak, disappointments. I promise you, I promise you he can do that for you. I promise you he can do that. He did it this past Sunday right here. Young lady by the name of Jessica. I just felt in our service, I didn't even get to preach last Sunday, but I felt in our service and the Spirit of the Lord was moving in a great way and I said, the Lord is in the room now to free somebody of depression. She said, she told me later, she said, I told the Lord, that's me, I'm coming. And she came and before she walked away from that altar, she was bubbling. There was a smile on her face. That smile was still there Wednesday night. I don't know whether she's here. I haven't, I haven't found her yet this morning. But we're baptizing her in Jesus' name sometime after this service is over today. That's, that's what he does. His blood and his life sets you and me free of every bondage that you or I may collect in life. That's the kind of risen Savior that you and I serve today. Because he rose from the dead, you and I can rest in his love. My friend, this is not not a fairy tale. This is not just a religious holiday that we celebrate. This is real, and this is as real as real can get. I promise you, he can deliver you today. He can deliver you today. I've watched him I've watched him instantaneously deliver drug addicts. I have seen demon-possessed people instantaneously delivered by the hand of God. You've come too late to tell me it can't happen. In fact, you've even come too late to tell me it can't happen to you because you're kidding yourself. If you think you have been so bad that God can never forgive you, that God can never love you, that God doesn't even know your name, I want to remind you of Saul. Saul, who later became Paul and wrote two-thirds of our New Testament. He was about this far from being a member of the Sanhedrin Council. He was a... he was in the who's who if you, want to, if you want to look at it that way. He had papers in his pocket on the road to Damascus to destroy Christians. Whenever Jesus stopped him, you can call it a vision, you can call it whatever you want, but I believe it's Acts 9, it said there was a bright light that stopped him, shined upon him, and Jesus began to talk to him. There was a mighty conversion that took place. Paul's life or Saul's life he later became the Apostle Paul he was going there to kill Christians I don't think anybody in here is going around with an agenda to kill Christians God can deliver you whoever you may I don't know why I keep hammering on that but somebody needs to hear today that God can deliver you In fact, the risen Savior offering to lost humanity forgiveness and an abundant life is what life is really all about. Nothing more, nothing less. There is no hope without a risen Savior. Did you hear me? There's no hope without a risen Savior. But because we have a risen Savior, 
To every man, woman, boy, or girl, there is abundant hope that is in this room right now. I don't care how long you've served God. Whatever you're dealing with today, he's here to deliver you as well. Yes, Christians, Christians, Christians can deal with, with depression as well. Christians can deal with, with addictions as well. They can. And he's here. If you will let him, he will change your tomorrows today. How does that happen? <laughs> this is what Peter told them when they asked the question at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. You see, it had been at this point approximately 63 days since Calvary because Pentecost came 50, 50 days after the resurrection then they were in the upper room for 10 days so that's 60 days but you back up the 3 days Jesus was crucified and he was in the grave for 3 days so it puts us around 63 days and Acts 2 simply said there that when they were in the upper room and they were tarrying there because that's what Jesus told them in Acts 1 go and tarry until you be doing with power from on high it says and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting there appeared in them cloven tongues like as fire it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance now there were devout men from all over all the nations they were there in Jerusalem and there was quite a noise if you remember the first of this service a while ago there was quite a noise in this place as everybody was praising and worshiping together and they were in the upper room in the downtown district if you would and there were those that were wondering what is going on now when they heard this they looked and they began to ask questions. Peter standing up before them, he said, this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he goes on, and, but here was the thing. He began to preach to them Jesus. He said, this same Jesus that 63 days ago, you, had, you nailed him to a cross. He was both God and man. He was God manifested in the flesh. He was the Messiah, and you killed him. Now, if you think I've been kind of blunt this morning, Peter was pretty blunt. You go back and read Acts 2 for yourself. And he began to preach to them Jesus. And the scripture says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what he told them to do. And he didn't stop there. He says, For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he exhort and testify, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. A few days later there was another 5,000. And it has just continued on and on and on and on until
until we stand here today on this Easter Sunday morning celebrating a risen Lord. And he's standing here with a gift in his hand, the gift of the Holy Ghost that he wants to give to any hungry soul that says, I need Jesus more than I need anything in this world. And when that happens, he will be faithful and he will do exactly what he has done many, 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 many times in the past. I don't know what you walked in here with today. And I'm not here to abuse you, and I'm not, I'm not here to, to hurt you. I, I have felt a tremendous load, a tremendous weight upon me because I felt that someone needed to hear the gospel. They needed to know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Easter was not just a time that we go hide Easter eggs. And we don't just have chocolate bunnies to eat. And, and I love all of that stuff. I, I'm not preaching against all that. There will be an Easter egg hunt in my house shortly. And, and, and I'm sure there will be chocolate rabbits that will be consumed. And we will offer them as a sacrifice and fall upon them. And... <laughs> not against all of that. But I want us to understand it's more than a holiday. It's life. It's life. And every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room is given an opportunity for real life. And that's what today is all about. It's the day that, it, today is the day that changed tomorrow forever. Our resurrection day was the day that changed tomorrow forever. If there had not been a resurrection, there would not be any hope for you and me, but because there was a resurrection, it changed my tomorrow. It changed your tomorrow. And for the generations to come, if the world should stand, it will still change the tomorrows. Go back to the Old Testament and I, I think about all the little lambs that were sacrificed and I don't have time to go into all of that. They were sacrificed for the, for the sins of the people of that time. But there was never a perfect sacrifice. When Jesus was born as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and they placed him in a manger, if you go back to Isaiah, and again, you find him in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah speaks of Jesus, and he says he's going to be the Savior of the world. That's who he's going to be. He's a baby, but yes, he's going to be the Savior of the world. Nobody really had the clear picture of how that was going to happen. But I'm here today to tell you it happened. He changed my life. He probably changed the life of the person sitting next to you. If you need a witness, if you need a testimony, there's a lot of people in here that he changed their lives. He can heal any disease. He can fix any situation. We just got to give it to him. Resurrection morning changed our tomorrows forever.
I have hope. It's an old song, I have hope. When trouble comes my way, and I don't know the rest of the words to it, but I have hope. I have hope. You can have hope. You don't have to walk out today and hang your head and say, well, that sounds good, but it's not for me. No, it's for you. It's just, will you accept it? Accept it. It's up to you. Wonderful thing I love about Jesus. He's a perfect gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. He's not going to walk into this room, and he hasn't come into this room tonight or today to force you to receive him. He's a perfect gentleman. It's totally up to you. But yeah, but Brother Bruce, I I don't know if, uh, if I need to do all that stuff that y'all do. Well, you know what? Um, there's people in here that don't do what Keith did. Sometimes I think he needs a good worming, but... But I used to act just like him when I was younger. That's my son, I can say that, okay? For those of you that don't know. When the Spirit of the Lord hits you, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, he will not make a spectacle of you. He's a perfect gentleman. You can relax and know he created you the way he created you and he created your personality the way he created your personality. He's not going to make you a spectacle out of you. But whether you do it today or whether you do it tomorrow or whenever you do it, at some point you need to get on your knees and you need to ask him to forgive you of every sin and ask him to come into your heart when you've done that, you need to call us. Come back to church and let us baptize you in the name that is above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He has made this available to you. He came. He ministered three and a half years. He died a death that was horrific at best to describe it. He was in the grave for three days. But on the third day, he arose. I don't know if you caught that at the end of the video. That was a grave. And that was the grave clothes. And you saw them as they were sinking body his body left those grave clothes you know what I love I'm, I'm done I'm done I'm done but I'm gonna tell you this first you know what I love is the same spirit that resurrected the body of Jesus from the dead lives in me 
lives in you. It lives in you too. He lives in you too. For those of you that have made him your Lord and your master. Would you stand with me? And I, I told them, we got time. So don't, don't, don't worry that the kids are going to be in the gym before you get back there. Don't worry about that. I told them I was going to go, I said, somewhere between 11.15 and 11.30. And, uh, of course, they're watching on monitors back there to be able to tell when we're, when we're done. But I can't let this morning pass without giving an invitation to somebody that if you want deliverance, these altars are open to you. Easter Sunday morning, resurrection morning, was, as I said, the day that changed tomorrow forever. Those people that were there woke up that morning on resurrection morning to a new day. You can have a new day experience today. And if you want to make him Lord and master of your life, it's very simple. I read it to you. you just make your way to one of these altars and you kneel and you ask him to forgive you of your sins. You may need to list some of them. I don't know. It's, you just follow, follow your heart. But you don't need to tell me about it. You tell him about it pray and ask him someone from our congregation will kneel with you and we'll begin to pray with you as well and then when you feel like it's time and you feel like you've unloaded the burdens of your life and you just all you need to do then is just lift your heart and your hands to him and just ask him Lord fill me with your spirit he's faithful it's his gift He'll do it. Water's in the baptistry. We'll baptize you today. We have robes. We have, we've, got, we've got all the preparations that is needed. So if you want today to be a life-changing experience, these altars are open today. Father, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for all that you've done in this service today. Thank you for every song that has been sung. Thank you for allowing me to minister to you. Word. Thank you for thank you for being a risen Lord. Thank you that this is not tradition and this is not formality. What we have within us is alive forevermore. The comforter that you promised in John 14. That's your desire to give to each of us you revealed to the disciples that you were that comforter I thank you for that today and I, I pray your blessings on those that are in this congregation those that feel that they need to make a change in their life I pray that you will minister to them let your spirit deal with each and every heart individually in this place today I give you thanks and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
Jesus' name.